so great to be together, and I've been looking forward to this day for quite a while because today is the day I get to introduce you to some of my dearest, dearest friends. Every Monday morning starts the same for me and Steph as we actually have a global Zoom call, and it's with the team leaders of our global church plant. So how many of you know that All Peoples isn't just a local church? It is a family of churches, or what we'd call a church planting movement. And so all of our team leaders have come in. Uh, our current five church plants, five all people church plants, and then our four that are coming in the next 12 to 18 months, which is amazing. And so we wanted to take some time in these uh, services this weekend to introduce you to some of our heroes, some of the people that God is using. Uh, before we do that, though, I want you to open your Bibles with me to Luke 4.18. If you'd open your Bibles to Luke 4.18, it's the theme verse of this church. And before I say that, let me just start with an illustration. Many of you know that San Diego is uh, a military city. We have not just one Navy base, but actually numerous Navy bases uh, in our city and uh, Marines, and, but what you might not know, Kendall just uh, did some research and found this out. Did you know that San Diego is the largest military city in the world? Actually, in the whole world, San Diego is the largest military city. So if you live in San Diego, one of the things that you have been accustomed to, I'm sure every one of us has had this experience, is one of our friends being deployed. One of our friends has gone on deployment. Did you know that one in five adults in this city uh, have a military job? One in five in this city. And here is what we know about the military is that many people are deployed, but many stay at home base, but they're all about the same mission. Many are deployed, many stay at home base, but we're all about the same mission. And the same is true, that is a natural illustration of this supernatural illustration of the kingdom of God. In Scripture, we're known as the family of God or the army of the Lord. Luke 4.18, Jesus says this. This is his first sermon. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. Say good news. Amen. Great. To the poor, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This was how Jesus described his ministry when he first began. Now, sometimes people say, well, all people's church, that's that nation's church. And I'm honored that people would call us that, but really I want to say, no, we're a Jesus church. Like if there's one word I want to be known for, it's Jesus. But Jesus was about bringing good news to every person on this earth. Jesus was about the gospel being proclaimed to the nations. Here's what our purpose statement is. If we could put that up for us, you just saw it in that little bumper video. It's transforming lives to bless San Diego. Man, we love our city, we love San Diego, and we believe the best thing we can do for San Diego is to see people's lives individually transformed and transform people, look past themselves and transform their city. But then the next part is this, planting churches to transform nations. 
Here's what's happening. Here's what you're going to hear from these different ones. Their lives were transformed by Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord came on them, just like it did in Jesus in Luke 4.18. And they were set free from their bondages. And, and he, God recovered, God gave them a recovery of sight to actually see what's important on this earth. And now they are being sent to proclaim his good news. Let me give you two more verses to give you context, and then I'm going to let them talk. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. This is the last charge that Jesus gives his disciples before he ascends into heaven. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. He says, it's been given to me, so therefore you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Oftentimes, and this is how I grew up in church, I just thought that church was about me coming to Jesus for him to bless my little life, for him to help me be a little more happy, a little more comfortable. But what I've learned as I've walked with God is actually the church is about us coming to Jesus to get a to be a part of his global plan for the earth. That there's a much bigger theme than just my happiness, my comfort, my prosperity, and that is the gospel to be proclaimed to all the peoples of the earth. And so Jesus says, you go. It's the Great Commission. That's why we're having Commission Weekend next weekend. Every single one of us, no matter what your vocation is, our calling is to see the gospel proclaimed all around us and to the nations of the earth. And you see, until that happens, we can't have the, the most beautiful thing that will ever happen in the history of this earth, which is Jesus returning. Jesus, the glorified Jesus, King Jesus, to return and to rule the earth and to end all the pain and the suffering and the genocide and the racism and the hatred and the famine and the destruction. It will all end. It will all end when there's a new heavens and a new earth. But what we know, let me share this last verse, and then I promise I'm going to hand it to you, is Matthew 24, 14. It says, in this gospel of the kingdom, this is Jesus talking about the end times, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Say all nations. Jesus is about all nations to all nations, and then the end will come. And that word for all nations is panta ethnos in the Greek, which means every single people group. And until every people group has received the gospel, has heard the gospel, until every people group has had the chance to respond, we know that Jesus is not returning. And so that's our job. That's what we're about as this church is we want to transform lives in San Diego. We want to see the healing of marriages. We want to see the restoration of families. We want to see every person be a light. But we're, it's not going to stop here. It's going to go to all nations because we want to see Jesus return. Amen? And so that's what this is about today. Here's the last little graphic I want to show you. We started as one church, but now... What we've become by God's grace is this family of churches. Is it up there? Yeah, people going into all uh, the five continents, but we are now actually going to, to believe that we will get to every nation. We've had 
prophetic words, and this is the core conviction of our heart, that we will go into every single nation of the world. So we're just getting started. If you're just starting with us, hey, welcome aboard. We have a pretty big vision. Today, I want to introduce you to some of my friends, and so I'm just going to have them share their names and uh, where they are serving. So, Ricky. Good morning. Hey, it's great to see everybody. Uh, my name is Ricky Valdez. It's my wife, Tiff. Tiffany Valdez, and uh, we serve in Stellenbosch, South Africa, which is about an hour outside of Cape Town, all the way at the bottom of the continent of Africa. That's where we're at. I'm uh, Jeff Mitchell. I'm serving in Moldova. Uh, I've been there for two years, and I have one uh, brother from here, Gerard Whitson's with me in Moldova right now. So that's us. And Moldova's in, for you that guys that don't know, it's in Eastern Europe. It's in between Ukraine and Romania. Absolutely. Actually, the, my understanding is the poorest country in Europe. Yeah, I think it's a battle you don't want to win, but typically it's known as the poorest country in Europe. So, yeah, it was a former Soviet Union country, uh, very small, uh, and has a lot of, uh, currently a lot of immigration. So a lot of people are working abroad. Okay, so... You guys are serving God in some crazy places. I want to actually you to talk about where your church is located, which is just incredible. Um, and you're doing some pretty crazy things. So I, I want you to talk to our congregation today about the call. How did you receive a call? Why did you go move from San Diego to do what you're doing? Yeah, I, I can start off. Um... Well, it, well, the call was, has been, uh, it, it's a long story, and I don't know if we have all the time, but I will say this, is that about about five years ago or so, we were serving in the church here, we were leading life group, we were, I was getting discipled, and the Lord just gripped me again for his vision for what he's wanting to do on the earth. And so I was working a great job, um, and, uh, and loving life in San Diego, nothing, no issues, but God was just starting to well up this desire of, hey, uh, and, 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 and I, he started to speak to me about an invitation to be with him where he is in the nations. And so long story short, Tiff and I, we, we did the training school that was in 2015. And uh, we said, God, we'll go and we'll do whatever you want us to do. And if, I don't know if you guys know this, but that's a dangerous prayer <laughs> to say, God, I will do whatever it is. And, uh, and, uh, and we, but we went into the training school really with just open hands and said, God, if you want us to go here or here, we're open. And, and lo and behold, on, on our training school trip, we went to South Africa with the team that was scouting at the time for, uh, for Stellenbosch. And God spoke to us while we we're on that trip. And he gave me a vision of a house with rivers coming out of it, a white house. And I saw that exact vision or that exact house in Stellenbosch. And it's the church. There's a massive church right in the middle of town. And God showed me that from this place, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And he said, will you, want to be, will you be a part of it? And so long story short, we said yes. And uh, there's a lot more to that. But I'll let Tiff share a little bit of her side of that story. Yeah, um, there's so many details, even going into my childhood, how the Lord well, start, was... start at childhood, because I think that's so important for <laughs> yeah. people to hear what they yeah. have children. And... So I just, um, I got saved at a young age, and my parents moved us from a more um, traditional church into maybe a church similar like this, where the Holy Spirit moved, and people were really radical, and 
um, I began to hear the voice of the Lord. They told me that's what happens when you know God. And so I said, okay. And I started to hear him. And um, over the course of from grade five, all through junior high and high school, as I was plugged into my church community, going to church camp and going to conferences, I started to hear God saying, hey, I'm going to send you away from America into the nations. And And so I remember a missionary, actually similar to this, coming and sharing. I think he was in Africa at the time, sharing stories. And I'm just remembering, he actually um, was just sharing these stories. And I was like, I want to be a part. I want to be a part of what God's doing. And so it just was a desire. It wasn't a big uh, picture or a specific vision or specific nations. I just was like, God loves the nations. Cool things are happening. I want to be there. And so... In um, the time when um, the South African church plant was kind of a dream in the heart of the church, yeah. Um, How old again when God started speaking to you? Uh, Grade four, yeah. Grade four, I got baptized. I think this is just why it's so important for us to hear and why it's so important for us to have our kids in the middle of what God's doing in the church. Uh, I loved what was prayed. There's no junior Holy Spirit. And so many of us worry about our our children and will they walk with the Lord? And I want to say, when we get our kids in the middle of community and in the context of them worshiping and praying, especially like a weekend, like next weekend with with, uh, Commission Weekend, so many of our people that have gone to the nations, they actually heard God speaking Mm -hmm. to them when they were children. I actually, sometimes it's easier to hear God as a kid, Mm -hmm. right? We don't have all the same baggage and trapping. So Put your kids right in the middle of what God's doing, and 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 it's just amazing to see what He does. Yeah, my son, two or uh, two years before we left, was at a world mandate, a weekend like next weekend, and God spoke to him and said, "You're going to be like Paul, and I'm going to send you to the nations." And um, and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> so even my kids, God has spoken to them, but um, uh, God just spoke to us in the time when the South Africa church was starting that He wanted to start a fire in. South Africa that was going to spread up through the continent, up the coastlands, up the middle, into the Middle East. And um, lo and behold, that vision has been spoken to people for a century, way back in the 1910, 1920s. And so it's something he's wanted to do. And I said, I want to be a part. I want to be a part of that. And we're seeing that start. And um, there's more he wants to do. So there's an invitation to be a part of that uh, um, continental work that he's wanting to do. And I love what you're saying about that, Tiff, because so many times... As Americans, life's just about me and my little, my little world, but really what we find is we're a part of God's bigger story, and we just step into a big picture of what God had planned. That's what we know about coming and being a part in San Diego, that there's a call on the city. You probably didn't even know it when you stepped into it, that it's known as the mother of missions, and so you step into God's global purposes, and as you step into South Africa, there's been hundreds of years of people praying for that place to touch the nations of the world. It's just amazing how our little lives can get tied into God's massive story. All right, Jeff, tell us a little about your life. Well, I mean, it's pretty, started about 20 years ago uh, when Jesus got my heart and saved me as a early college student. And, uh, Praise the Lord, the group I got involved with, they did missions for spring break. So instead of going to party, going to do trips, we went on mission trips. So the very first year... Sounds like a group I know. Yeah. The very first year of being a Christian, I went to Mexico. So it was the first time a small town guy from Kentucky, I was ever on an airplane, ever crossed the Mississippi River. And uh, (laughs) we went to San Antonio, and then we drove across the border into Mexico and did a mission trip. And I saw... 
God in a whole new light, uh, saw that you don't need stuff to be happy. Uh, people in Mexico had something at that point I did not have. And uh, I was like, I want this. And I just felt this call kind of to the nations, not like, you know, it was just what it was. I didn't know exactly what it was at the time. Hindsight, I can see it was God developing my uh, desire to see the nations come to Jesus. But I just fell in love with short-term missions, mainly because of the way it made me feel. I was like, oh, I love this. I feel so good when I'm doing this. Um, and then throughout the years, uh, I told friends, I was like, hey, you know, if I'm 30 and single, I'm going to be a missionary. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you have good friends like I did, when I became 29 and single, I said, hey, remember when you said you're going to be 30 and single and be a missionary? So God was working on my heart, and he sent me on a, a trip across the world called the World Race. It was like 11 countries, 11 months. I did not feel called to one specific nation. I did not feel called to be a lone missionary. I knew I needed to be on a team. So this trip was kind of perfect for me. And, and there, God developed this kind of the, the ability to hear his voice, to, to know the person of the Holy Spirit. That was a totally new thing to me at the age of 30. And so, uh, yeah, so then I came back, had some specific words I was trying to walk in, and I did. I think with me, it's just saying yes to the next thing God has for you. And uh, each step, you can look back and say, oh, this is how I ended up in Moldova. But it wasn't just one event, but it was a multiple events. And uh, so here I came, I felt God called me to San Diego from Kentucky, moved here, obeyed in that, got blessed, got a part of this church, became a part of this church, and really saw God using me in new ways. I was not a powerful, like I wouldn't have thought myself as a powerful preacher. Uh, I was always a, in the healthcare industry as a physical therapist for, I still am licensed, but I was doing physical therapy and I was just serving the church. When I came here, I saw God using me in uh, what we do in this church, like this kind of just simple discipleship life group model. I'm like, wow, God, you can use me too. So it was very uh, empowering. I felt like, okay, God can use anybody. And so uh, that was a very affirming thing. And then basically the call specifically to Moldova came about because I had a partnership in Moldova. I had a friend I was praying for, a pastor there, and I was praying for the nation, helping with him, uh, maybe through some financial support here and there. And then in 2015, that relationship got rekindled. Uh, he visited the United States, and we reconnected. And then uh, I was given permission to take a young adult's trip to Moldova to kind of uh, help uh, in his church planning efforts. And so while I was in Moldova on a short-term mission trip uh, from this church, we took 17 young adults. I felt the small voice of the Lord speaking to me. Like, I'm going to move to Moldova. You need to plan all people's church Moldova. Uh, so I was like, okay. I didn't want to. I did not want to. It wasn't an exciting, like, yes, finally, my calling. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so after that, I got back to San Diego, and it was late summer. Uh, and I knew a part of our process was a school of transformation. I had never done that. So I told Steve and Jeannie Hermie at the time, like, hey, I'd like to do the school of transformation. So with two weeks before the school started, I joined up. Didn't tell anybody why. I knew why. I knew I felt called to Moldova, and I was going to be a church planner. So I didn't tell them. Go through church planning school, and then in 2016, world mandate comes around, and I go up front. Like, who may be called to the nation? So I go up front, and I'm getting prayed for by some college kid from Arizona, maybe. I don't know who this guy was. But he started saying things like, okay, it was basically what we call reading your mail. He was reading my mail. And, like, I hadn't told anybody I was called to move. I hadn't told anybody my plans. And then once he started unpacking some things for me, I just.
said, okay. And then I told Robert and I told everybody around that time, like, here's what I think God's calling me to. I got nothing but support. Uh, you know, I gave them plenty of opportunities. Hey, hey, I'm not ready. Maybe you don't want to send me. Maybe you don't want to send me. Uh, but no, they, they kept saying, okay, well, well you can go. So, um, so that was kind of the step-by-step, and it just got confirmed over and over again. And then after a long process in 2019, we launched and a small team, Amy Schmidt and uh, Gerard Whitson. Uh, we, Gerard and I are still there. Done an amazing job. Uh, a, a couple things I want you to get. I love testimonies. I love stories, and stories are powerful because we can kind of see our lives and the way God works in different people. Obviously, they're different callings. We're all different. I wanted you to hear that. Uh, but a couple of takeaways. First is the short-term trips. Um, everyone, I don't believe that everyone in this tent is called to actually move to a different nation. Uh, we actually need many of you <laughs> here uh, to contend for this nation, the United States. I don't know if you notice this, but America needs Jesus. And San Diego, we, we want to see San Diego uh, reach for Jesus. Uh, so we need people here. But the Bible does clearly say, Jesus says to his disciples, go into all nations. So I actually believe that everyone should go on short-term trips. And it's amazing how when you go, God opens your eyes, he breaks your heart for other people, but it actually even, even helps you live more missionally here. So let me just tell you, we will always be having short-term trips. It's been a little challenging during COVID, uh, but one of the greatest things is when he talks about Mexico, we're 15 minutes away. So I want to invite you all when you can and when we do make things available, come with us on a short-term trip to a different nation. It'll change your life, and uh, I, I guarantee it'll change your life for the better. So, so very important. So speaking of nations... Um, a lot of people haven't left the country. A lot of people haven't lived in another culture. Tell us what your nation is like. Tell us what you love about your nation. So, I mean, I think just, if you've ever been to South Africa, it is a beautiful, beautiful country. I mean, so some of the things that I love, I'll just start there, is, you know, where we live, you have these beautiful mountains. They covered with, they call it finebos, which is a unique vegetation that is only found in South Africa, in the Western Cape where we live. So it's like unique to the world. Um, beautiful, beautiful sceneries, animals. You, we have access to, to wildlife that you just don't see here. And, uh, and then the, the lifestyle is just a lot more free. You know, you could, I think they- More they, free than San Diego. Yeah, it's more free. They, that the possible. theme is it, at your own risk. So if you want to do something scary, at your own risk. <laughs> and uh, it's not like here. Um, you know, uh, Tip could speak to like how some of the things from our kids. But I think one of the, aside from the beauty, and I love being out in nature, I love that, um, is the people. You know, I think we, when you go into the nations, uh, you get to encounter cultures and the way God does things. And I, and I really see this, that in every people group, because we're made in the image of God, there's redemptive qualities that represent yeah. Jesus and who he is. And, and we get to see that in our close brothers and sisters, black South Africans, our Afrikaans, uh, South Africans that, are, that model something and we become family. Yeah. You know, one of the costs... And I, I know this is a, jumping a little ahead, but one of the costs is leaving friends, families, homes. But God gives us that in a different way when you're in the nations. And it's something that we wouldn't have experienced if we wouldn't go. So, I mean, 
We have his church family here, and I look out, I'm like, these are, you guys are brothers and sisters in the Lord, but you don't know them, but there is an all people's church, Stellenbosch, that is just like this, people that are contending, that are believing for the things of God across the earth, and I get to experience that, and that's one of the most sweetest things that I think uh, that I like about South Africa. I love, when you ask that question, I want to tear up because I love I'm really starting to miss them. We've been here for a month, and one of my friends voice messaged me in her beautiful South African accent. I just start crying because they're, these are our people. <laughs> these are the ones that we love that are not just, they're, they're linking arms with us, you know, doing the mission of God with us, you know, side by side, and I love that. Um, one thing I love about South, African, South Africa is the way um, kids get to be. Um, there's just this level of freedom for kids just get to be kids. Like they get dirty and they can run wild and there's not a lot of fear in parenting. There's not a lot of judgment. Like every kids are just get to be kids. No one's shocked when a kid is a kid. And I'm not talking about you not, not being trained or being rebellious, but just being free. And so the um, the things that my kids have gotten to experience and the way they've gotten to live, I just think is such a gift. They, they climb trees and they get dirty in the mud and they um, get to uh, see different people groups. You know, in South Africa, there's different tribes and there's white South Africans and black South Africans and a people group called Coloreds, which is a, it's a positive. That's what they're, they're called, a, a colored people group. And they get to experience these different languages and the, the different way that the kids are. And our church specifically is in a township, which is maybe comparable to a slum in the environment. It's shacks. It's very, very poor. Um, but our church is right in the middle. And my kids get to be in children's church with um, some of their best friends that they absolutely love. And they get to experience life from a different angle. You know, they're seeing everything from a different angle. And I really believe they're blessed because of that. Truly, for, for children, it's one of the most amazing. So many times people think, well, the children of missionaries are suffering. I remember talking to my kids one day and saying, hey, what's, what's the you know, biggest blessing of your life? And they said, well, we've gotten to go to the nations of the world and see the different peoples and the beauty of the, of the nations. And this rich experience is so much bigger than sometimes our tiny little lives here. Jeff, what would you say? What's your nation like? So Moldova is in Europe, and just environmentally, you have four seasons. That's nice. You have a spring where things come to life, and you have a Explain fall. Explain this to us. Yeah, there's four seasons. That's four seasons at a hotel, world. right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, we have a, one of those hotels. No. so you get to experience like new life every spring, and you get to experience just the the kind of the the fall colors. So all that's really beautiful. Rolling hills, green uh, kind of area, lots of farmland. So they grow a lot of uh, sunflowers and lavender, and there's vineyards. So that stuff's really pretty. Um, so it's a beautiful countryside. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about it that I didn't realize is when you go into a, an environment that is so old, like the city of Kishnau where I live, like the signs when you go into the city, I think established in 1400. I can't remember what exact year it was, but I was like, whoa, that's old. And then going to a village and seeing these signs, it's like, oh, this village was established in 13. Wow, this place has been around a while. So, um, yeah, so there's just a lot of history that's really interesting. Uh, culturally, you know, uh, the environment's really, um, I would say, family first. Like, it's a very honoring of the family. Elders are honored. Elder people are usually honored. Um, it's a very uh, traditional 
in the environment in general, uh, as far as like just normal family structures and things like that. Just honor of, for of the older people and just the family in general is really nice. Uh, fruit, no, you know, organic. We're in the organic. Well, that's just what it is. There's nobody using pesticides or anything like that. It's just family farms and fruits coming from here, and you go buy your fruit from a babushka, uh, grandmother in a little market, and it's really cool. Um, so that's awesome. And then also, um, I think I lost my train of thought, but there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of good things about it. People are the best. Like the, my, my people, like they were talking about the Mr. People. I miss my, my friends, and uh, they have a heart for the nations of the world. They have a heart to see people come to Jesus, people transformed and to worship him. So that's a really cool thing to be a part of a group that's like that. And, uh, it's really exciting. Well, let me do this. So I, I don't, it's not all, though, fun and roses. Um, take it, take us into, Jeff, you can start. Take us into, uh, one of the challenges of what you do and, and moving to the other side of the world and planting a church. I think challenges are obvious in my environment. Culture and language are two big ones. Moldova is blessed to have, um, Two languages that are very prevalent, Russian and Romanian. Uh, Romanian is the official language, but Russian is pretty widely spoken. Um, so that's a challenge. Culturally is a challenge because just some of our cultural uh, expectations, maybe as a people from America, is this customer service type of thing and the smile type of thing. It's just culturally not there. You're not going to get a smile everywhere you go. Uh, you're going to get things done, and people are going to be polite in their own way, but it's just going to be look different. It's not going to be over the top with smiles, like smiling in pictures and things like that. That's not always the most common thing to do. Um, a challenge for me is the same challenges we have here, and I just was thinking about this, is you know, when you're in the business of following Jesus and wanting to see people's lives transformed, the challenge is when people decide not to be transformed or you see God's calling on a person's life and then they decide not to follow that calling. Or one problem we have there, it's a, a real high level of alcoholism. So it's a, the highest rate, I think, per capita in Europe. Um, and so when you see people that are addicted to alcohol and cannot get free, um, that's something that's really challenging. Yeah. Jeff, let me go to you. What... You're typically willing to be very vulnerable. Um, what's been like a personal challenge? What's one of the things that you've really had to count the cost as you've moved your family around the world and doing church in a township in a dangerous area? Um, I think I've experienced a lot of victory. We've been there almost four years. But when we first moved, so South Africa is an amazing nation, but it is a very violent nation. If you Google, I, I shouldn't have Googled. <laughs> Before I went, because the statistics... Can you say that again? <laughs> I shouldn't have Googled. This is a word for the before Lord. Before I went. Many of you. Yeah. Because, yeah. It doesn't build your faith. You know, the things that maybe are being posted are not the faith-filled things. Um, and there is a lot of violence. There's a lot of murder. There's a lot of rape. There is, and I mean a lot. Um, it's very common, both in the township and in the city, um, there's a lot of animosity um, because of the history of South Africa um, and the socioeconomic disparity. There is a lot of tensions, and um, sometimes, you know, that's what produces some really violent circumstances. And so when I first moved, um, there was a very high-profile murder that had happened 
um, right inside our town. We live in a very small town, so it's not like San Diego. I mean, it was in a, the university, in our university town, and very graphic, and um, it was days before we landed. And the fear, and I'm not a typically a fearful person. I have a lot of <laughs> other things, but fear usually isn't one. And the fear that I experienced when we first landed, I think because I didn't understand, I didn't know, I didn't know what was safe to do, what was not safe. I have my kids. We just, I felt very vulnerable. I was very fearful, even just doing normal things for the first about week. Thankfully, a short-term trip came right after we landed, and it was led by the Sanders. And um, Dana Sanders, I was just like crying. I was like, Dana, I don't know what to do. I'm so afraid. I like had to post a verse on my door every time I left. Every time someone would look at me, I just felt, now I understand that's just, that's what they do culturally. That's just how they look, you know, how they look at people. But I was like so afraid. Um, and Dana prayed for me. I don't even remember what. It was a, maybe a simple prayer, but I felt like it broke. And um and the Lord promised me, hey, Tiffany, I don't know how long, but for in this next house, nothing will touch your house, the house in front, behind, and to the sides of you. And I said, okay, Lord, I believe that. And, um, you know, we're not always promised safety. I, I, that's not a guarantee if you go to the missions field. And it's not guaranteed for me forever. But I knew in that season, hey, I am going to be safe in this season. And he was faithful. We just moved recently, and he was faithful to protect us. And now I think um, I, I've learned to discern God better in, in that country to where I, I'm more confident, you know, moving around. I've listened to his spirit, and I, I'm just more confident um, how to be directed by him so that we are in the absolute best place. But I think, I think just when we read the news and the things that are really happening, they're real and they happen to our neighbors and they happen in our neighborhood and they definitely happen where our church is located. But, um, but God said to go and I'm so thankful I would never do anything else. Let me stop there. Yeah. We, uh, it's worthy of applause. You, you risk your life for the gospel. Uh, it's worthy to stop there. Dana's there on the fifth row. Uh, right there, and and say this, that these guys need you. Like, we're a team. And so part of Tiffany's story was Dana and Joel showed up, and Dana prayed for me. And I, I'm always reading missionary biographies. And uh, one of the, the um, fathers of missions from England said this. He said, I will go into hell to, pl to plunder the enemy's camp if you guys will hold the rope yeah. and make sure yes. and not let go. And that's what he said to his home church. And uh, that, that's one of the reasons I'm having these guys speak because they are going into perilous situations where they're literally risking their life for the gospel, but they desperately need us yeah. to come and support them. They desperately need us to finance them. They, and they most of all need us to pray and protect them. Um, and so, way to go. Dana, thank you for being a prophetic picture to all of us. And that's what these guys need. So, okay, so Ricky, you're going through this. You've, I don't know if you want to share a challenge, but I'd also love to just hear, um, not just in a challenge, but what's a way that God showed up? What's a, a thing that he taught you in the midst of, of, of the hardship? Yeah, I think, I think oftentimes one of the things the enemy will do, not just in the nations, but everywhere, is fear. And he'll use fear to intimidate us. And I'll just tell just a quick story and how God showed up in this. Is This was early on, um, I think it was like 2018, we were actually hosting a, a short-term trip. 
and uh, and one of our teammates, you guys know Austin and Brittany Shiley, they're amazing. Wow. And uh, and Austin was leading this team through to an outreach in the township, which is where we meet. And and something happened, something that we don't always talk about. These are the things that don't get announced on the newsletters and stuff. But so he got mugged, and and he got stabbed. He's okay, and everything's fine. And it was, thankfully, it wasn't. It was a very minor thing, but obviously that shakes you up and saying, "Wow, the, the, there is tangible uh, risk. Tangible, not just something you read about, not just something you you know it's out there, but when it hits home, you're like, "Wow, okay." And so I remember we gathered back and we read this story um, with the team. And we read the story out of Acts four, where Peter and Jane, or Peter and John were threatened by the by the leaders, and they said, "If you don't, if you if you don't stop preaching Jesus, you're going to get thrown into jail, killed." And they were threatened. They went back to the community and they lifted up their voices to the Lord and they worshipped in the place where they were shook and they were filled with boldness. Come on. And I remember that t- time where we said, "Hey, we read this story." It was a little shaky, but let's li- we lifted up our voices. We cried out to the Lord, and God showed up with boldness. And I remember that was one of the turning points where God, where God showed me, hey, this is attack of the enemy, but he is stronger. He's more powerful. And actually, that, ti- that time, that, that, that testimony now, as we look back, it's a testimony, um, that Austin pushed through and our team pushed through is actually a turning point for breakthroughs. We saw after that people coming into our church, people coming to know the Lord, but we had a choice. We could have said, hey, this is actually too hard. Let's shrink back. Maybe we shouldn't be here. Maybe we should just play it safe. But it felt like we, we pushed through and God showed up. And that, that was just a huge testimony. Yeah. Amen. And that's, that's one of the things we've always, uh, uh, a mentor to us, Jim Yost, always says is before the breakthrough, the persecution, the attack, sometimes even the violence is the strongest because the enemy's trying to get us to back up from taking our inheritance, from moving into those places. And it was a great opportunity for you guys to say, let's have church in a safer place. Let's not be in the township. And you would have missed a breakthrough, a move of God. I've been there. I've been at your church. And, and to see the move of God that he's doing right now, just absolutely amazing. Jeff, tell us a... Um, we just got a few more minutes. Tell us a God story. Tell us something that, that God's done there that you're like, only God can do. I would have never expected that. And, you know, let's, let's, let's brag on God for a minute. Well, you know, things can be challenging, and what you expect changes really quickly. So 2019, our, pretty much our whole group, uh, all the people that you just knew God has a huge plan for, it just changed. They're, they're no longer with us. So 2020, going into COVID years, like kind of like a, a total reset. And so I am with Gerard and I believe Amy at the time, and just we got this small group of people that are coming. And God just seems to, every single time you're at your lowest, he just seems to bring somebody that refreshes you. And uh, so we were one night having a prayer and worship night, and it was myself, Gerard, and another American showed up, and then randomly a, a Moldovan that I'd never met before showed up and uh, worshiped me with. It was, it was awful because we we're all speaking English. Our Romanian is not good at the time. His English wasn't good. And uh, we have this, we have a YouTube worship thing going, and we're trying to do something. We're trying to communicate, and we're not doing a good job. That was it's like not a good. powerful night. Powerful night. So powerful. And uh, we pray for him, and it was good. There's some tears. So, oh, that's, that's good. That's something. Um, but, you know, I didn't expect anything of it, but he kept coming and kept coming. And now he's a very core part of what we're doing. And so God just keeps bringing, adding pieces to the team 
which is really exciting. And then even after that, there was another incident, the same kind of situation. Uh, jobs are hard to come by there, and sometimes you, you, know, you need to find work, so you might need to travel. So our, one of our main guys, the same person, uh, was going to go to a different place to work. Like, basically, was moving. Whoa, he's moving. And so the day he moved, he did move, uh, but uh, the day after he moved, another person just randomly showed up. We'd never met before, showed up, you know, prayed with us, and then all of a sudden, they stayed, and then they stayed the whole time. Uh, and then a week later, uh, our friend moved back, so that was cool. Um, so it just seemed to me my biggest God story, tons of little testimonies here and there, tons of uh, people being preached and uh, people were preached to and freedom happening and great things happening. But to me personally, it's just this, every time there's a need, God seems to provide, brings the people, adds to the numbers. It's like, wow, see what he's doing. And uh, a little story behind the story is Jeff and Gerard got there and they rented a house and said, we're going to take people in that need places, pulling people off the street. And, and it is amazing to see the transformation as he's, I mean, they've lived like Jesus and the disciples, people living with them. And so much so that now they have this, this little church, under 20 people, and they did their first mission trip this past month. And how many, how many of your people went? Yeah, that was amazing. We had 16 people go on our first mission trip. <laughs> like, that was really cool. That was just a few weeks ago. So that's really exciting, and I think God's really blessing us. And we have, we're very excited to make that part of our routine. So we're really excited to be a, a missional church as well. Amazing. Okay. Um, Oh, we don't have much time. Uh, tell us, Ricky or Tiffany, we'll end with this. Um, what, you know, maybe tell us something amazing that you've seen, but also just tell us what has it done in your life? Like, how has God touched you in this journey? Yeah, I'll start, and then Tiff could, could close out. But I think, you know, um, one thing that God has done in me is gripped me for this vision of eternity. Because uh, I think, if you guys know my story, I grew up in Chula Vista, and I was really close with my family, and it was really difficult to leave, honestly. Just, it was just really hard. Um, it was a huge cost. Everyone has a cost, but it was difficult for me. But we went in obedience, and, and one of the things that really stuck out to me in the, from, from the words of Jesus is that whoever lives as father, mother, brother, sister, even own home, their own home, they will receive an inheritance of a hundredfold. And we're getting to walk in that reality right now. I'm tasting that and I'm seeing it. And then while I'm sitting in our church service where we have black, white, colored, Costa Africans, Malawians, every, literally we have every tribe represented that's in our region, obviously not every tribe in the world, but we, then you see, the, you read verses like Revelation 7, 9, where it says every tribe, nation, and tongue standing before the throne singing holy, 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 and it just pops. It's not something you read or it's not it's like, oh, that's a cool story, but it's real. Yeah. And when we have a, also a chorus just erupts in worship and praise, and then we have an Afrikaans chorus in their language, and then we're just wrecked and we're seeing this reality and vision of every tribe, nation, and tongue, and that's a picture of heaven. And we get to gl get a glimpse of that and those things I love that. I forget the name of the song. It says, the things of the earth grow strangely dim. And then the things of the earth really do grow strangely dim. The cost, the hardships, the fears, the, the challenges are not that big because Jesus is coming. And he's coming for every tribe, nation, and tongue. And so 
that's that that reality has been an inner motivation in my life that has carried me through when it's been hard. It's carried me through when it's been like, why would I leave everything to come here? Oh, it's because this, God, is what you're wanting to do. And so that's a bit of what God's done in me. Obviously, there's more, but Tiff, why don't you share? Yeah, and let's stand up because we're gonna you're gonna share, and then I'm just wanting you to. Pray, and we're going to extend our hands and pray over everyone. So, um, For me, I think it's been when you, when you go to the nations, you leave everything you know, you leave all the people you know, you, you leave the way of life you know, you cannot hide from yourself anymore. <laughs> you can't numb it with not, and I'm talking even the good things, you know, you can't numb it with the things that, you know, are comfortable and so the things in me and in Ricky and in my family and in our team, they have to come out, but then God is so faithful to meet you there. Um, so the transformation personally, the rate of transformation is, is very rapid because you're forced to be transformed or you're going to crumble <laughs> or you're going to go home. So I think that that's been such a gift I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change the pain and the suffering and the discomfort because of what it's produced in me um, and what is produced in us. So I'm just so thankful that God sh- meets us in those places. He's met me time and time. He's still meeting me time and time again. Yeah. Amen. Why we stand up? We could talk for all day. These guys have so much in them, but one of the things that I've just continually heard you guys talking about, Ricky and Tiffany, and it's really been a theme for this week. This week we had all our team leaders and we were gathered at a retreat seeking the Lord together, but one of the main themes is just living life in light of eternity. And I think with the challenges and and the pain of 2020 and now even the beginning of 2021, all of us have a deep groan in our hearts of like, Lord, certainly there's more. Certainly there's more than this world we're living in. And oh, Lord, We need you. We need you to return. We long to be with you. So if you just open up your hands right now, and I want them to pray. You know, I always want someone to pray. When when God's doing something in one member of the family, uh, when when one child gets a toy, all the kids get to play with it. When when something's happening in one member of the family powerfully, I always say, come and pray for us because we want what's going on in you. And these ones are being gripped with the reality of eternity and the reality of heaven and let's just just pray that over us right now that that would happen in us as well father we thank you we thank you for your son jesus we thank you that he he lived a life and he died and he rose again and he's seated at the right hand of the father and that he's returning god we thank you that that is true no matter what we see no matter what we feel no matter what we experience that that is true God, I pray that even now in this room or anyone who's sitting at home listening, God, you would come flood us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the knowledge that you are real. You are seated high above and you are returning for us. That you're gonna come and make the wrong things right and that you are inviting us in. God, you're inviting us in to link arms and co-labor with you. That every tribe, God, every tongue, every nation would know you. That they would be seated before you singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, would you burn that within us today? Burn it within us this week and next weekend that we would live with that vision. That where this thing is heading, where it's going, you rule and reign high above. And we want to live for that. 
We wanna, don't want to live just for our, our temporary comforts or our own family or even our own nation. God, we want to live for your dreams. We want to live for your return, God. And we want to love you more in the midst. The more we see you clearly and your plan clearly, the more we'll love you because all you do is good. Thank you, God.